talks last episode about you not fucking talking while I'm trying to talk. Because, oh, you raised your hand. Okay, so what's going to happen is I'm going to finish what I'm saying and then you start talking. So you don't kind of, And all that's going to happen is I've got to edit out a big chunk of you singing some fucking song. It was fucking Cats in the Cradle. I don't give a fuck what it was. It's a pain in the ass. Would it help if I apologised? No, it wouldn't. I wasn't going to apologise anyway. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of the Movie Chef podcast where we make a meal out of movies. I'm your host, Tebs, uh, bringing you all the hip and happening news in the world of movies. And I can only do that with the sound there of my executive host, Mr. Garage Man himself, Calm. Hello, sir. Garage Man makes me sound like a right pervert. Garage Man, yeah. Feels like garage. That should be like your serial killer name. The garage, the garage man. man. Well, I do you know what I was actually I was actually listening to a podcast the other day, right? And it's potentially now it's not obviously funny, but it was about I was a murder podcast, right? And it's about a serial killer in San Francisco in the early seventies. Uh, he's not been caught, um, and the how his niche they all have to have a niche, don't they? This guy's niche was he drew a picture of the person that he was going to murder, right? So he was basically, he, he, I, this is what they think, he's never been caught, so that he, he hated uh, homosexuals, and he basically uh, done, uh, met them in gay bars, uh, drew a picture of them, drew a picture of them, and then kind of got them down a dark alley, right? Do you know what they named them? Do you know what I love about them kind of stories? Mm-hmm. The serial killer, he did it because he hated gay people. And all he did to get rid of these the evil hatred of he, had, he had of these gay people was to go to gay bars, chat gay guys up, draw pictures of them, suck the dick in an alleyway, <laughs> and then he killed them because he hates gay people. Yeah, yeah, proper way. But guess, we'll what his name, guess what they named him? Guess what his name was? Rapey McJohn. I don't no. know. Go on. The, the Doodler. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, every, time, every time I turn it on, it's like, uh, welcome to... The doodler. Oh, I can think of diddler. <laughs> He's a diddler. <laughs> it's the worst fucking serial killer name I've ever heard in my life. The yeah, doodler. He's, he's there sort of like drawing these pictures of all these guys and he's like, they're going to call me the fucking Zodiac 2. I'm going to be the fucking Zodiac portrait artist or some shit. I'm going to be the Black Death of San Francisco. <laughs> the doodler. <laughs> Vincent Vincent Von Stabbyface. <laughs> no, the doodler. <laughs> um... So what kind of week's it been? Uh, it's been okay. Uh, weather's been so-so. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. I've been listening to an awful lot. Um, but I've been watching the only murders in the building. Steve Martin, Martin Short. Oh, is that any good? It, the first episode, it was a bit... Ugh, this is it's not great. But second and third episode dropped, and it actually gets a lot better. Um, I think it was just one of those teething problems. So the whole basis, the whole basis of it is that uh, there's a building in New York that houses all these kind of ex-famous people or you know people who are well-to-do. Um, someone gets murdered in the building, 
and three people kind of have a joint love for uh, serial killer podcasts or this particular podcast um, and they all kind of happenstance find each other and then the three of them then uh, try to solve a murder within the building um, but at, at the start I kind of thought it, yes it's a vehicle for Steve Martin and Martin Short more than Selena Gomez um, and they're kind of trying to get back in and it was kind of that it was kind of hammy I was like oh it's not going to be great but Second and third episodes dropped, and it is a lot better. Like the first episode must have just been a glitch or whatever. Like, but the second and third episodes are pretty good. Like, so I'm enjoying it. Cool. Picks up then. What did I do? I went to the cinema last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No one talking through it this time. <laughs> Nobody telling you the end of Game of Thrones again, though. No. Went to see. Jack- Christ, if I hear that fucking story again, I might just jump down the phone and strangle you. It was fucking midnight. All right, I've been there. <laughs> Anyone who's listened to this. I hear this story at, at least once a month. <laughs> all I'm saying is if there's a group of you there at fucking midnight to watch End Endgame, maybe you're all bits of nerds that maybe some people don't have Sky and couldn't have caught up. Anyway, fuck them. I saw Shang-Chi. Very good. Very impressed. I, I have... Uh, do you know what? I, I didn't mention, obviously, all the COVID stuff that was going on in our house over the last couple of weeks. So, mm. obviously, the son has gone back to school and he's been pinged in close contact three times. We've had to go for three uh, PCR tests, so they've all come back negative. But with the the by chance of every time that we try to fucking book the cinema, uh, he has to isolate because he's been pinged. Um, so fingers crossed, this week uh, we will actually get to go see Shang Chi. Well, fingers crossed. If you do, we will review Shang Chi next week's episode. Uh, we were going to do a quiz, but if you see if you see Shang Chi in the meantime. I want to talk about Shang-Chi with you. Okay, there's cool. a lot to talk about. Um, I I try not to be controversial on this. I leave you to do the like <laughs> wild accusations and and uh, and flagrant disregard for you know being sued. You're very level. You're very level-headed, and I'm yeah. not. If you want to compare Shang-Chi to another Marvel film, I would compare it to Black Panther. Just because it is one of the first superheroes in the Marvel universe, it's of Asian origin. It's an Asian actor playing this role. Um, I think Black Panther, you know, is the first leading role to be an African American and, and, and the culture, etc. And I think if you want to compare uh, origin films of uh, people of color, am I still allowed to say that people of color? I can't remember what I'm allowed to say, but you know what I'm saying. And Listen, we're on, we're we're on, we're on the good side. If somebody has an issue with it, they'll let us know, and we'll apologise later on down the line. We're yeah. not saying anything in malice. No, but if you want to compare it to another Marvel film, I'd compare it to Black Panther, and I think it was um, vastly superior. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah I think it was just better in every way. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I'm not saying Black Panther was bad. Black Panther was very good, and it was really enjoyable, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you talk about the the, the quality of the CGI, quality of the villain. Um, should I say? Uh, listen, yeah, listen, good. we're all we're all on the same road. Uh, you know, we all love the thing, but we would all prefer to watch Big Trouble in Little China over the thing. It's just um, that's just the way it goes. Dear listener as well, I really don't have the mental energy to uh, edit this podcast much this week. So when I take a drink of water out of my big uh, two-litre jug, <laughs> it sounds like a bird tweeting in the background. Now, I don't live I don't live in a meadow somewhere. It's not like I've got little canaries coming to the window. It's just me having oh, a drink. you're a fucking liar. There's an Avery right behind you. Hold on. <laughs> Here we go. 
I can't do this without taking a drink. So do you know what the worst thing? Do you know what the worst thing is? It actually sounded like you were taking a piss. (laughs) (laughs) I can guarantee that he didn't take a piss, people. I can guarantee that he is sitting in a a computer chair. And I can say, people, he can't see my lower half. Oh, you're right, actually. Um, We did have something this week, though. Oh, it's my birthday this week as well. What are you getting me? Uh, A whole lot of love. A whole lot of love. Can't pay the council tax bill with a lot of love, Com. You can if you know the right guy. <laughs> Bob, just give Bob a phone call. He'll come down to the back of the house and you're going to love him out. Oh, yeah. I watched The Green Knight today. The Green Knight? Yeah. Film, it's a film with Dev Patel uh, based on one of the old sort of Knights of the Round Table legends. Okay. Um, and um, all I'm saying is, if you've ever wanted to see Dev Patel ejaculate, this is your film. Okay. So. <laughs> you can't you can't move on from that. I'm sorry. Oh, like I'm, oh I'm, I'm going <laughs> to. It's one of those films. It's, it, you know, it tries to be really deep and artifacty and camera angles going upside down and conversations that seem to go nowhere, but they mean everything and all this shit. And but but Dev Patel shoots his load. And then at halfway through, Dev Patel gets yanked off. And of course, we have to see it. The, not you, you don't see the full-on fire hose. You just see the uh, um, product, and I just uh, it totally took me out. But I just thought that, I don't. That I need... is just. I, I do you remember the story? I think I told it on here. One of the first podcasts. It was uh, Barry Sonnenfeld, uh, the director of Men in Black and Get Shorty and stuff. Uh, he actually started off in the porno industry, and he was interviewed and asked so. When did you decide that the, the porno industry wasn't for you? It's like the day that a guy shot his load in my eye. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> Probably do it for me, yeah. What's the film that I saw once with the guy that were talking about him working in um, peep shows and nudie booths and stuff? And he's like, what's your job? Mine's my job to clean the load off the windows. Yeah, <laughs> clean the loads. <laughs> Um, yeah, so anyway, um, so next week is either going to be Shang-Chi or we might have a quiz as well. I would say, I would say Shang-Chi. I'll get to see Shang-Chi during the week, so then we can can talk about it. Or (laughs) you're so excited there, Paul. (laughs) Or it's going to be the big announcement that we've been trying to tell everybody about for the past month, and I still don't want to say anything. Just in well, case, yeah. We'll wait. We'll wait till it happens, and then we'll. Once this happens and it's in the bag, all I'm saying is pull the hub and keep your diary empty. Keep your diary <laughs> empty. Um, we had the Matrix Four, the Matrix Resurrections trailer drop this week after much, much anticipation, and um, on first viewing, I was, you know, I was biting. I'm impressed. Uh, it looks interesting. And then I watched it a couple more times, and you know what? That enthusiasm waned very quickly. How about you? I have the same feeling. Um, I'm interested, obviously, in the story. Um, I'm interested, obviously, because the original cast is in it. Um, you know, I'm uh, I'm less interested if they start going down the same old roads with fucking Zion and uh, script building and, and all that malarkey like because 
you know, let's just be brutally, brutally honest. The first, the first Matrix was a game changer. It's iconic, you know, you, and it, it holds up. You know, yes, you know, the special effects and things aren't, don't really hold up that much anymore. But the second and third movies are two of the worst movies that I have ever watched in my entire life. They are so convoluted, so garbled with, you know, it, it doesn't make sense. Well, we'll come on to that when we cover them just before this comes out at Christmas. In terms of this then, I my first thoughts are they could very well call this The Matrix, The Force Awakens. I think uh-huh. this is soft reboot territory. This yeah. is Neo has visions, memories, dreams, rabbit holes, um, Zion. He has memories of his past and he wants to know what is The Matrix. And a Morpheus character, who, whoever it is, wakes him up from that. It's a reboot of the first one. I don't. Yeah. Th- I, I'm worried this won't be a continuation of the story. This is this is just going to do the same thing. It's going to introduce us to a new Matrix and Neo's part in it. I think. Yeah, the the thing that let the last ones down is um, a lot of plot threads hanging. A lot mm-hmm. of little nuggets of information. The, the, the just kind of the Wachowskis just went um, way too deep, way too quickly. It, it felt like you know there was five or six films worth of lore introduced in Reloaded yeah. when um, it could have stretched out and it felt like they were rushed. That's what I'm worried about again. Is this going to be one of those convoluted diving at the deep end and, and see where it goes or is it going to be, like I say, a soft introduction? The other kind of, not caution, but the Wachowskis love the imagery. I mean, they, they love the yeah. sub- subtlety and context and and... There's a lot been said about how the first film, especially the taking of the red pill and being awakened from your virtual self into your real self, is an allegory for transitioning um, male to female, female to male. It's becoming your true self. It's waking you up to the world. The red pills are the estrogen colour that they used to give you in the late 90s, etc., etc. And now this, with the, the framing of, it, of him going to psychiatrist or a psychologist, um, and the blue pills are what keeps him um, keeps him believing his reality. And we see an image of the blue pills being poured down the sink. So, and then he takes the red pill and it opens his eyes. And I'm just worried they're going to try and have that some kind of meaning towards mental health of the pills that you shovel down your throat, keep you blind to the world around you. Uh, and I, I just don't want it to be that kind. Of, I don't want them to bring in modern context and modern um, theory themes and just for the sake of it. And it feels like it's almost shoe on and in something that's relevant to the zeitgeist at the minute. And um, they're trying to make a big thing of that. And I think that's, I don't know, a bit out of taste. I, but I, I think it will, it will obviously go towards uh, that kind of thing. I think it'll go towards more uh, social issues that probably happen in, you know, mainly in America in the last year and a half. Potentially, you know, potentially something about anti-vaccine, uh, you know, you know, trying to, to do something like that. But you know, the one the one great thing about the Wachowskis, and I'll always it always makes me laugh every single fucking time that I see it, is the and there's the the Twitter um, reactions from Elon Musk when Elon Musk said take the red pill, and Ivanka Trump came back saying taken, and then is it Lana Wachowski came back going uh, both y'all can go fuck yourselves. <laughs> And that was just like you know what, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, just just because you 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 had the balls to say that to them two numb nuts, definitely gonna go see your movie now. Um. So yeah, I, I I don't know what. 
the other side of it is I went back and watched the trailer to the first Matrix and mm. tried to compare this. And I, I think it's going to be very difficult to do game change in special effects a second time around. I think yeah. that kind of thing happens once in a career. I, d- I don't think you could, you can't be the Madonna of directors where you keep bringing in new stuff over and over and keep reinventing yourself. Yeah, with that. You say that, you say that, but Madonna did it for four years. But in terms of a director, you know, being able to do some James Cameron, I think is yeah. Everything yeah. everything at this point is as realistic as it's going to get. Yeah. Um, but in terms of you know, even the bullet time special effects they did with the cameras and and whatnot. But I don't know. I was hoping, like I say, I'm hoping for a step forward. But we've got the main questions. You know, who are these psychiatrists? Neil Patrick Harris and Jonathan Groff were both fantastic. Um, I'm, I'm glad they're in that. We've got the Merovingian back, Lambert Wilson. Um, we saw him at the end there, Lam- good old Lambert. I just, I just don't understand. Like, the, the, probably, probably the worst scene in any of the movies involved that character, and it, I, I, it baffles me why is they would bring him back. When you talk about causality, it is about effect, and the effect is the causality. And then bang, it, bang, bang. That's Cormac's head banging against the fucking wall. Bang, bang, bang. And it, you know what? It never ends. Like it literally, it literally goes on for about an hour and a half. That just that one scene. Do you know the best thing I think came out of that scene? Is like, oh shit, we've got werewolf and vampire programs. That's pretty cool. And then we don't see him again. He's like. <laughs> All he was there to explain is about... I don't even know what he was there to explain. But the pieces, bit of where, cake, pieces of cake and a vagina. That's that's what it was there. Monica Bellucci. I mean, come on. Yeah. 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 Sexual awakenings, come. Oh, she awoke me a long time ago. Yeah. Monica Bellucci, 99, 2005. Mm. Mm. You can't see me, people, but I'm saluted. <laughs> um, let's go to some news then. Do you remember back in episode... In whatever it was, where... was it one of the was it one of the drinking episodes? Because <laughs> yeah. I probably I'm, I'm, it's probably hazy. I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie. I'm sure someone will go back and uh, listen to our episode and tell us which one it was. But it, it was announced that Roel Emmerich was doing another Earth shattering movie. <laughs> Hold on, right? No, let's talk about the actual real story, right? Because I picked up the story wrong. I didn't know you were talking about an actual an actual movie. So I started to explain to you what a movie would be about, about the moon falling. And yeah, I pretty much nailed it. Yeah, you pretty much. <laughs> the moon comes down. It does this, I'm sat there like, why is he finding this so funny? And then you said, I thought you were making it up. And I'm like, is this a podcast where we just make up movie ideas? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Imagine Hollywood, Hollywood execs just listen to us on our podcast like, fucking moonfall. These kids have got it. <laughs> This kid got a better phone up, Roland Emmerich. Um, so, Moonfall, we've got a synopsis now. Um, Moonfall, mysterious force, a mysterious force, knocks the moon from its orbit around Earth and sends it hurtling on a collision course with life as we know it. With mere weeks before impact and the world on the brink of annihilation, NASA executive and former astronaut Joe Fowler is convinced that she has the key to saving us all. But only one astronaut from her past, Brian Harper, and a conspiracy theorist, Casey. I bet he's a podcaster. hundred percent. Yeah. Every um, every wanker's a podcaster. <laughs> every cunt with two fucking voices in their head is a podcaster. There's a guy on Twitter, a casting guy in Manchester. I'm 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 serious. I'm going to try and find something that like needs two fat blokes to come on. But me and you are going to try and get extras and something. <laughs> we'll do a podcast <laughs> for being extras. 
but he said that oh we're looking for like an insurance advert or something and it was all like you know asian nurse 25 years old um black family with two kids um you know all these different type of people you know fit athletic mid-20s man about town and stuff i could get i, I could just, get away with that i could get away with that i just replied let me know when you need overweight podcaster with a bad beard and i'll be right around <laughs> um these unlikely heroes will mount an impossible last ditch mission into space leaving behind everyone they love they're gonna nuke the moon aren't they well th- this is my problem with with moonfall right this is my problem so Just number one, num- well, there's many, but number one is I don't want to watch a movie where the moon falls because I will then believe that that can happen because I am that stupid, right? And then I will worry about it and there's something else that I don't need in my life that I have to worry about. Then next part of that is th- there's no re- there's no coming back from the moon falling. Like there is no coming back and it's in space. So if the moon falls, it's not necessarily going to fall on Earth. Do you know what I mean? Oh no, it is. This is coming right at us. Yeah, but like, can that happen? Maybe I'm just being silly. Can it happen? Well, we're about to find out. Do you know what? You're right. You're fucking right. All my questions will be answered. (laughs) Uh, So this is Hal Berry, Patrick Wilson, uh, Michael Pina, John Bradley from Game of Thrones. Right, soft lad called Sam. Ah, he's the podcaster. I bet you, I bet you, yeah, he's he's the conspiracy theorist, he's the podcaster, and I bet you he's dropped about 10 stone. Oh, yeah, he'll be ripped, what? He'll be yeah. fucking ripped. Donald Sutherland's in there as Holdenfield. He's Donald Sutherland's guy. still alive? Donald Sutherland is still alive. Let's not kill Holy off anymore. shit, okay. Um, speaking of Aquaman. <laughs> what? Seamless? <laughs> Uh, we've got um, the latest uh, toy uh, release. Sorry, the latest new suit released uh, from Aquaman Two, where he's looking. Uh, do kids looks... actually buy toys like this anymore? Sorry to interrupt you, but do kids actually buy toys like this anymore? I to- I told you about my story about the Last Action Hero, didn't I? Yeah. Or I got I got toys for the Last Action Hero, and then nobody believed me when later on in life when I told them no. There was definitely toys the last action here. Like I definitely had Arnie in that fucking, you know, that brown leather and this red t-shirt as a toy. And they just kept calling me liar. And I was like, fucking did. But you weren't allowed to take them into school because you'd get you'd lose them. Well, only on uh, your last day of school when you got to bring your toys in. We used to take games, they used to make us take board games in. Toys, board games. I always yeah. remember one of one of the guys in my class brought in his Super Nintendo as well. That was awesome. I bet it was. You know what? The guy down at the end of my street, right? Every time we used to play out with his toys, the prick always brought his Jurassic Park Tyrannosaurus with real battle damage. Bastard. I only I had the Triceratops. That was my favorite dinosaur. And I had the Jeep and I had everything. But the T-Rex was always like 60 quid or something. And my mum just wouldn't pay it. So I had everything. I had Raptors. I had Alan Grant. I had Jeff Goldblum. Package and all. All these toys. And she'd never get me a Tyrannosaurus. Look at me, first world problem. It was always, it was either Ecto-1 that somebody brought in. I always fucking loved the Ecto-1, but nobody ever bought me Ecto-1. Do you know who I had? I had Ray, and um, Ronan had, uh, I think he had Ernie Hudson. I think, yeah, he had Ernie Hudson's character. character And his name was? Uh, I can't remember what his name was. (laughs) I remember (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm fucking really bad. I got, well, I remember his real oh, name. Sorry, sorry Ernie. Um, I, remember, I remember his name. He's got the same name as my son, so... <laughs> yeah, so good old Hudson there. Um, so anyway, that's happening. Aquaman Winston, 2. Winston. Winston Zedmore, of course. Yeah. Jesus Christ. You can get a Playmobil Ecto-1. £45 and 11 pence. What is this, the fucking toy show fucking podcast? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can get a Hot Wheels. I might get one and bring it to your house when I come see you and not let you play with it. Oh, well, just fucking play with it in front of me. That's mm. that's the like that's the like you. Well, you wouldn't want to play zombies again, like because uh... shut your fucking mouth. Right. Uh, so yeah, Aquaman. Yeah, I didn't like I, the first it's, one. Like I'm not. I, like I'm. I'm serious. I don't know why it's been made. I genuinely don't know why it's been made. If, un, if, unless unless it was taken like a, a like a, a a Suicide Squad 2.0 turn. Uh, I have no interest. Can I give you 1.1 billion reasons why it's being made? Okay. Money? Money. Of course it is. It made over a billion. Of course it's gonna, they're going to make a follow-up. But it, but it was really bad. It was really bad. It was awful. Hey, the, the scene where they're in Greece or Italy or whatever, and it's like... Oh, this, rather, is the flower, this is the flower the one they get isn't it? The <laughs> fucking flower. It's like, you've seen this character mirroring all these... Oh, True for Johnny Depp and all that shit. But you've seen her time and again on Earth, on dry land, bringing Arthur into Atlantis and all this. Oh, is this a flower? What can I do? Eat it? It's like, you fucking stupid bitch. And let's let's be honest. Let's be honest as well. There's flowers under the sea. Yeah. Maybe they're food. Maybe that's the food they eat. Maybe that's what we're going to find out. Maybe that's why we're getting Aquaman too. Wonder what they do eat. What fish? No, should they ah. control fish? There would be fish for their friends, wouldn't it? So what would the fuck would they eat? Yeah, but we control cows, and humans eat cows. We control them. Maybe no, not with his mind. But like, yeah, but these people are like intrinsically linked to fish. You know what I mean? So they can like have should probably feel the feelings of a fish. Probably not a lot of feelings going on in a fish. But you know, I don't think they would want they would want to murder them. I feel you are tasty. <laughs> <laughs> um, one or two, one or two, one or two. Mad Max, uh, the Mad Max prequel, Furiosa, has been delayed. Uh, it's been pushed back to May 24, 2024. So it's not as a result of the pandemic. This is, well, maybe the filming of it has. Is this the one that Charlie Theron has got pissed off because they told her she was too old? Yeah. This is also Charlie's Theron that was um, went for an audition for the Wonder Woman film, and basically she was told that you're going to be playing her mother and not Wonder Woman, and she got really pissed off and stormed off. And it's like, yeah, yeah, but you want to try and get 15, 15 years out of these characters, out of these actors. <laughs> you do, don't you? You do. Well, do you know what? Helen Mirren is still a fucking damn fine looking lady. Yeah, but you're not going to sign her up to the Furiosa prequel, are you? Not now. Fucking, I will if I make a Furiosa movie now. You'd sign Helen, Helen Mirren up to anything. Helen Mirren will be in my Mad Max movie. All right? That's a, I will make this promise to you, the listeners, and to fucking Helen Mirren. Okay. Your homework for next week, my executive host, you've got to give us your elevator pitch of a Mad Max prequel starring Helen Mirren. Okay. Okay. So that's for next week. Don't let me forget that. Jesus. Before then. Pressure, pressure, pressure. We want the best Mad Max prequel starring Helen Mirren. If okay. it's also with Tina Turner, I will allow it. 
Right, okay, cool. So anyway, Anya Taylor-Joy is in there as the young Furioso, Chris Hemsworth, uh, Yaya Abdul-Mateen is in there as well. And yeah, it's been delayed, so hey, look, it's going to happen. If if it took God knows how long over getting Fury Road out, and that was fantastic. So I ju- I just feel I just feel that it doesn't have the the chutzpah that's going to be holding people's attention for a three year delay. I don't think there's going to be a lot of uh, you know juice. Yeah, it's not a Star Wars movie that you're hanging on bated breath for the for it to come out. It's not a Marvel movie where you're inching, oh, come on, I can't wait, I can't wait, I can't wait. And the excitement grows and grows and grows. I, ca- I can't imagine that there's thousands, if millions of people around the world going, I fucking can't wait for the next fucking Mad Max movie. I can't wait. I think it's one of these that'll probably make for like 50 million or something. And, you know, make, a, re- make a decent move for like $50 million. And all it'll need is about two hundred to turn a profit. Yeah, and maybe. I'm, I'm, I hope it's some. Well, anyway, look, it's 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 happening in three years' time anyway. So hopefully, if we're still here, we'll review it. <laughs> we won't. And we are getting Expendables four. Just fucking die. Just franchise. Some franchises are in the world that just need to fucking die. Fast and Furious needs to fucking die and go away. Expendables yes. is up there. Just no. go away. No. How, who, what other fucking, what other D-list action star can we fucking pile through the door? Who's in this one now? Let's see. Oh, fuck, I can't wait. I can't wait. Who have we got? Well, uh, Tony Jaa's in there. Okay. That's um, all right. You, start, you started off with a good one. I like Tony Jaa. 50 Cent. Brilliant. Top notch. Because <laughs> we all know, we, we all know fucking 50 Cent is a complete action star. Megan Fox. Brilliant. Brilliant. Can't wait. Cannot wait to see Megan Fox in another movie. There is rumours Jackie Chan will be in here. Brilliant. Do you know what I've would you know what I've missed? CGI to make it look like Jackie Chan's doing his stunts again. Can't wait. Um, and they will be coming back to join uh, Jason Statham, Sylvester Stallone, Brilliant, Andy Garcia, Andy Garcia, action star Andy Garcia, yeah, Dolph Lundgren. These these aren't all action parts. These though. are old men. These are fucking old men. Paul, I'm going to put this out there now, right? You put Sylvester Stallone, Dolph Lundgren, uh, maybe not Jason Statham, you put Andy Garcia in front of me. I would fuck them all up. I would fuck them all up. Well, I'll even tell you, I'll take them all at the same time. (laughs) I'd fuck them all up. Dolph Lundgren would be murdered. Wow. <laughs> Dolph Lundgren is how oh, old? Well, 50, 60. 1,000. He is 1,000 years old. 64. Yeah, I'd fuck him up. He's 64 years old and he's yeah. fucking. <laughs> look at the size of his fucking unit. <laughs> You would be able to fuck him up with ten mates. You I would. I... <laughs> but this is, I, I see the second one. I thought was was great fun. The first was brilliant. The second one was great fun. The third suffered because of the PG thirteen um, restriction. Yeah, and Wesley Snipes was in there. If you're gonna have a, Wesley Snipes, should be in every movie. But if you're gonna have a, an Expendables, if you're gonna have that kind of, it can't be a PG thirteen. You know, it has to be an eighteen. Um, so look, bar uh, the inclusion of uh, 
two of the people I've mentioned on that list. I'm really excited about that. You can go fuck yourself. Okay. Uh, so what else do we know? Anything else been happening in the world of news this week that you want to talk about? No, but Tyrone won the Ireland. <laughs> well, come on. I've, I've been dancing around this one. Go for it. Come on. Tell us about... Right. In fact, no. Explain, to, explain what Gillick is. <laughs> no, 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 no. Right. First of all, okay. So I, I knew this match was uh, this, this little game that you play uh, happened yesterday. This amateur it, sport, amateur sport that gets eighty five thousand people at stadiums. Yeah, it was uh, Tyrone, which is the part of the UK where you come from, uh, against uh, mayonnaise. Is that right? Mayo. Yeah, County Mayo. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, County Mayonnaise. Now the score was two fourteen to not fifteen. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? No, we've Paul. You're playing ignorant because you know exactly what it means. No, I don't. Tyrone two fourteen brackets twenty mayonnaise north to fifteen in brackets fifteen. That means yeah. you've won. So Mayo scored fifteen points. So basically, when the ball goes over the bar, you've seen a Gillick goalpost before, haven't you? Yes, like rugby pole goalpost. K- kind of, but yeah. there is but a net uh, there, there is a there is a football there is a football net underneath. If the ball goes into the goal. Uh, it's three points, but they generally don't add those points on to the other one. So they'll generally just say, if they score two goals, it'll say two, but basically that's six points, okay? And the 14 is the ones that are kicked over the bar. So Tyrone scored 20 points and Mayo got 15 points. Tyrone won the All-Ireland Final. They didn't expect to win the All-Ireland Final this year, but we did. The heroic boys bringing the Sam Maguire trophy back up the road, Paul. Up the road to Oma. <laughs> I mean, what level is this? Is this like... Gillick, Gillick football is an amateur sport. Right. It is, so... it, is an, it, is, it is an amateur sport. The players don't get paid. But really? They, no, they don't get paid. Um, but they can basically fill a stadium of almost 90,000 to watch this amateur sport. Fill it with what? Mayonnaise. <laughs> That's why you won You were taking on a condiment <laughs> But yes Tyrone won the All-Ireland Final I would say that most people In the UK would love Gaelic football They would probably prefer Hurling Because it's so fast and frenetic um, But if you ever get a chance to watch uh, A game of Hurling I would seriously, seriously get you to watch it It is fantastic Fastest ball sport in the world Faster than lacrosse. Lacrosse derived from herding. There's another episode. There you go. So, yeah, well well done to Tyrone and well done to Mayonnaise, um, United Ireland. If anybody wants to to look up the curse uh, in Mayo, uh, look it up. It's a very interesting story as well. Or maybe some week I will tell it. The curse in Mayo. Curse. Right. You can't just drop a now. Curse of Mayo strikes again as Tyrone take all Ireland. Okay, so let's see what they're saying. <laughs> Let me try. <laughs> this, this isn't very interesting, you know. For this is interesting. The myth of Mayo's curse remains intact after Tyrone clinched the all Ireland final. Hopes of County Mayo winning their first title since 51 were dashed. So they haven't won the title in 60 years, 70 years. 
So the story, the, I believe that the story goes that when they won it the last time, they were celebrating too much and it disrupted, it disrupted a wake or a funeral. And a curse was put on the Mayo team uh, that they would not win another All-Ireland until every single member of the team was dead. So there, there is one member of the team left and I believe he's 91 or 92. Um, and it will be very, very eye-opening if, you know, obviously touch wood, he doesn't die. But if he does die, and Mayo then go out and win in All-Ireland. Because they haven't won one since 1951. <laughs> Imagine that guy like stood waiting for a bus and there's Mayo fans <laughs> next to him. <laughs> you push them right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's bittersweet because he's part of the last team to win in All-Ireland. So, you know, he's that bit of the past that they want to love, cherish and remember. But also, if he if he doesn't pop off this fucking mortal coil, we'll never win another All-Ireland. So, you know. Um, well, anyway, good. I'm glad you're, um, you, you, you won the thing and you had revels and well done. Well thanks, done. Thanks, thanks very much. Thanks very much. I'm just thinking back to all the, uh, all the praise you gave Leeds United when we won the championship uh, that, that summer. But, uh, no. What che- cheating Leeds United? See, I didn't mention Tyrone. <laughs> See? See, I didn't mention Trojan. See. <laughs> anyway, should we talk some Norse gods? Let's talk about. Yeah. Okay. Right, Thor. 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 Probably the Marvel superhero that most closely reflects myself and you. Handsome, handsome, you know, tight bodies, long, luxurious, flowing hair. Adopted brothers. Gods. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I get it, yeah. yeah. Um, So, yeah, this week we are covering and uh, having a look at the Thor trilogy. We've done Iron Man, we've done the Captain America trilogy, and now we're going on to the final of that holy trinity of original Avengers uh, that have been good enough to be given at least three films, and that is Thor. So... Uh, should we start at the beginning then? Uh, Thor 1, um, mm-hmm. released in um, May 2011. Jesus. It's a it's long a, time ago, yeah. That's a decade ago. Uh, Chris Hemsworth was given the uh, the hammer uh, to swing as Thor. He had his eyebrows dyed and took the reins under Kenneth Branagh. Um, which, and Kenneth, this Kenneth was... Branagh? Kenneth Branagh directed the movie? Yeah, where's he from? Oh, he's from Belfast. Okay, do you know, carry on. Do you, know, do you know what his next movie's called? Belfast. <laughs> Belfast. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, so we had thought that this came as part of the, obviously, the MCU. Was, it was still sort of fledging at the time. This came after Iron Man 2, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, so this, what did you think? This was probably for a, quite a bit my least favourite um, Marvel movie. I think it was one of those movies that you just had to get into. Um, I watched it a couple of times, and obviously it's improved on 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 future viewing. Um, I, I still can't get past the. Uh, I am not a big fan of Natalie Portman. <laughs> no. Nah, yeah, and you know, I, I, I she's just a round peg in a square hole, and. I can't get past that. I cannot get past it at all. I think Helmsworth, uh, great cast. Um, 
I think Anthony Hopkins and Susan Sarandon, probably two of the best casting within the Marvel Universe as well. Susan Sarandon? No, Rene Russo. Oh, Rene Russo. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Rene Russo. Rene Russo. Sorry. Yeah, I think them two, them two casting, that's sorry. I just wanted to correct you because there'll be tweets. I know, I know, I know, I know. But I don't mind because I always get names wrong, so I don't really give a fuck. Um, but more, think, so, uh, more so Hopkins, more so Hopkins. I fucking love uh, Hopkins in the Marvel Universe. Oh, I love Hopkins in pretty much anything he does. I love his tweets where he's talking about um, painting or whatever. Absolutely beautiful morning. Beautiful morning. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. You're beautiful people. Beautiful. And but looking at this, right, you've got Chris, Chris Hemsworth, who's coming off of what? Home and Away. Natalie Portman's just come off an Oscar with Black Swan. Tom Hiddleston wasn't a household name back then. No. Stellan Skarsgård was um, notoriously, I think he still is, he is, he is uh, ensemble cast. He is yeah. introducing, you know, he's the extra, he's the other cast members. He's I, never I, a lead. I will say this, I will say this. One of uh, my partner's uncle, uh, he's a man who gets in touch with, he's, he has a lot of birds of prey. And he gets a lot of phone calls from movies that are being filmed in Northern Ireland. And yeah. there's that Northman that's been filmed uh, yeah. for a while at the moment. Nicole Kidman's in it and Starsguard's in it. And he actually met him on Starsguard and he said he's very, very, very nice. I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying I don't think a I'm lot just of people saying, would I'm be. just saying stop talking about him, you prick, right? He's a fucking I, nice guy. I'm just saying I don't think a lot of people would be rushing out to go see the new Thor film because Stalin Skarsgård's in it. That's all I'm saying. Um, so Natalie Portman was probably I, I won't say she was square pitting around home. What I'm saying is I think she was probably the biggest name we could get at the time. Yeah, she's yeah, she's the, but she was she's a fucking proper star. You know what I mean? But she's Natalie a star. Portman, and she's a fantastic is, actress. Yeah. Maybe not so in trilogies. We'll, we'll come on to that. But <laughs> but I think every film in the Marvel universe in Phase One especially had to serve a purpose. Whether it's introducing a character, um, introducing an Infinity Stone, uh, or moving some kind of plot forward. I don't, I don't think many of these films had that purpose for things like, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was almost a standalone film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Ragnarok does move the story, and I think after sort of Phase 2 onwards, all the films start mo- merging together a hell of a lot more. Doctor Strange and Ragnarok and what have you. Yeah. But in do, this... you, do you think? Do you think at the start of these, uh, the evolution of these movies, like your Iron Mans, your Captain Americas, your Thors, do you believe that they would have known everything down the line of what was going to happen in the movies? I don't. No. 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 I think. I think they had a plan. I very yeah. much think they've got a plan for the next ten years or what have you. Yeah, I, I um, think I think all the movies are are better planned now. You can you can obviously see it. Obviously, it cut, with time and you know with success and you know all the money that it makes, you know it does afford you that amount of time, more resources that you can build more narratives, which is great. But yeah. sometimes, sometimes with origin stories, and especially with the Thor, it just felt sometimes it didn't feel like a, a room full of of everything. It just felt like an empty room sometimes, and they were just trying to force the story along. Well, it was, it was very much an introduction, and I thought Kenneth, Kenneth Branagh was a great pick for it. It's the Asgardian mythology. It's very Shakespearean. It's um, brother betraying brother, brother yeah. betraying king, and trying to usurp thrones, and, and it's very Shakespearean. Kenneth Branagh absolutely reveled in it. I think he did a bang-up job with this. I always like the scenes in Asgard. Always, I like yeah. I, it, it's kind of got that kind of. Do you remember? Do you remember when Wonder Woman 1984, the, when it was first kind of being touted about, and they released them kind of 
eighties futuristic posters. Yeah. That, that that I like I like that kind of you know aspect. I like that kind of design, and I think that's what they've went with that Asgard. And I, I really every time I see Asgard, I think, wow, that looks really good. Um, what I will say is the scenes on Earth probably didn't. Yeah. Um, service that as much. We needed to see Thor on Earth. We need to see why he wants to become this protector of Earth realm. But very much, I mean, if, if you look back at it now, you can see where the, there is a Marvel film sort of trying to burst out. And it's yeah. the scenes with Natalie Portman, with Stellan Skarsgård, with um, Kat Dennings in her early role as Darcy before she was introduced in WandaVision. And it was bringing all these characters together, obviously. But it is trying to, it, it was. Some of the humour really landed with me. I, I thought it was very, some of yeah, it was yeah, very yeah. funny. And some of it was Chris Hemsworth, the Thor, continuously being run over by Natalie Portman over and over again. You see, you see this, I, I was thinking about this the other night, and I think me and you had this conversation, the fish out of water thing, and how much we despise the, the fish out of water thing. I think this the first Thor movie introduces the fish out of water very, very well. It, it's not an annoyance. You know, he, he, he understands that he he has never been to earth and he understands that things are going to be different, but it's not a kind of, you know, looking at fucking parking meters and shit like that there, you know what, you know what I mean? Because he's been to so many worlds and he's seen so many different things. It, nothing really phases him, but you know, he does obviously have a couple of social faux pas and things like that, but nothing phases him. You know, he's not looking at a car for, for 20 minutes. Do you know what I mean? It's, it, for me, it's always the coffee cup. Where he finishes his drink and he's like, "What's yeah, this?" That's, I, but yeah, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's great. That's great <laughs> fun. Another slams it down. Um, this obviously again, I think this served a purpose of not only introducing Thor but introducing Loki as the big bad. And yeah. going back onto you say planning ahead, I think from what I've read, and again, it's never been from Kevin Feige or anyone like that. But the early assumption was they're saying we need to get to a point where um, Shield know about Thor and he's ready to be introduced, and Loki is somewhere. You know, something like that. Mm-hmm. And they said, we don't care how you get from A to B, just make sure you get to, to, to the end place. Make yeah. sure Thor's still alive at the end, Earth know about him, you know. And one of the things that I thought really stood out with this trilogy was the destruction of the Rainbow Bridge at the end of Thor. Yeah. Because that was his way to get to Earth. And I think they didn't quite think about that because then it's suddenly it's like, well, we've, we've got his first plot hole there of how can we get him around if the Rainbow Bridge has been destroyed. So I think that might be when they sort of had a bit more control over what goes on because they've got to think about future films. I, yeah, I think even the scenes with the Rainbow Bridge in this, the, the next one with the scene in the Rainbow Bridge in Ragnarok, uh, those are probably some of my favourite scenes within Marvel itself. That final, that final kind of battle sequence in, in Ragnarok, probably one of my one of my favorite ones. Um, but Loki, Loki for me makes this movie, and I'll go probably a wee bit further. I think Loki is the most interesting. Um, Tom Hiddleston, Hiddleston, Hiddleston is, is probably the best character within the Marvel universe for me. I, I enjoy everything. That, that that Loki does. Everything, every scene that he's in, he steals. Um, every line that comes out of his mouth with malice is believed. Every joke that he tells or, you know, venomous wee snipe that he gives off lands. You know, it's it, it, as as an all-round character, I just think there's, there's nobody better within the universe. And 
the revelation in this that he is the son of Laufey, the uh, ice frost giant, mm-hmm. uh, and he'd been adopted by Odin. Uh, and, it, and again, it goes back to those, it's a story of a family at the end of the day. It's a young boy, the young man that, dis, you know, he's been jealous of the opportunity that his older brother's got all along. Believes his dad doesn't love him, and actually now and then finds out that it not even his dad. There are core family sort of um, conflicts at this in the, the heart of this. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a superhero film, but there is some really interesting stuff, and Loki is always at the front of that. The one thing that I wanted to just mention about was with this one is they've all got something that would really work for them to these films, even Dark World. And Thor's for me was always about his redemption. He was cast out of Asgard. He was sent to Earth. He wasn't given amnesia or anything like that, but he had his powers taken away. His father cast him out for causing a lot of shit. And it's about him having to reclaim that worth. And I think that's kind of been diminished in some of the films, especially with like Fat Thor and Drunk Thor and stuff like that. Yeah. His his redemption during this film was actually quite a great moment for me. Seeing him actually understand that his actions have a wider impact on the throne and the people around him and the people he serves and decides that he don't actually want to just serve himself and go for glory, but protect earth and the people who's met on it. And I think it was, it was very simple in the way they did it, but I think it was very well done. And, and but it's, I, good, it's good, but it's, it is good that you speak with that though as well, because I actually like the duality between that also that, you know, from the start of the Thor movie, he wants the throne. He wants to be, you know, Odin. He wants to be ruler mm-hmm. of Asgard. By the end of the movie, he's like, you know what? I'm not fucking ready. And then by the by, Dark World, Odin's literally looking at him, going, "Just fucking take the throne. Like, what yeah. the fuck is your what the fuck is your problem?" He's like, "Well, I just I don't feel like I'm there yet. I don't feel like I'm quite there yet." It's I like that duality. Um. So, there's Thor, Dark World. Now, this uh, every time I've spoke to anybody has always been level pegging with. Um, Iron Man 2 and Incredible Hulk for the worst of the MCU films. <sighs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, but it's like one of those things, right? I think me and you've had this conversation a, a, a plethora of times. If you have, you know, 24 cakes in front of you and with 24 different bakers and 24 different ideas as to what is a good cake, you're going to like some other cakes more than others. Now, you still want to have cake and you're still going to eat the cake and you're still going to enjoy it in some way. Um, that's what I feel about Dark World. There are there are some really, really good uh, set pieces. There are some really good things in, in Dark World. Introduces us to the ether. Um, but I think a large part of Dark World falls whenever we're returning to Earth. Yeah, again, 100% agree there. Thor The Dark World was coming off the back of Iron Man 3, so it had a lot of expectation on it. And again, it was it, it's a placeholder. All this yeah. film had to do was introduce an Infinity Stone, because yeah. that's what you were doing for, for, for Thor Phase 2. Do you um, remember how excited me and you were to go see Dark World? Like we yeah. were so we were so fucking excited, and then at the end of it, it was kind of like, yeah, <laughs> that was a film we saw. That um, was a movie. See, Dark World had to introduce the ether. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy introduced the, the Power Stone. Um, Winter Soldier kind of brought down 
shield and hydra and, and all that kind of stuff um avengers age of ultron were bringing them all together and then we had ant-man which again was a, a placeholder but thought that that world the main purpose same as doctor strange was to introduce an infinity stone um mm. i i keep thinking back what what went wrong with this the most and i think alan taylor who was a director on was it the first series of game of thrones uh-huh i think he's i thought he'd be a shoo-in for a film like this you know taking the the shakespearean asgardian family all that kind of stuff the game of thrones stuff and 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 just going a touch darker with it heightening the Did, stakes making it more realist realistic and i don't know where he's gone wrong with it but was brana offered it or did he turn it down or you know i don't i don't even know why i'm not too sure because i'm not too sure so the first Thor obviously got very very good reviews and it made you know a lot of fucking money so i would kind of guess that obviously with the evolution of the character through other movies uh, avengers assemble and things like that there that you know if you've been successful i you know like the russo brothers you know when they were successful with winter soldier they were offered more 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 according to metro um kenneth branner uh, explained why he didn't return for the sequel was because um he explained that he had originally planned out his thor trilogy but felt he needed to separate from the franchise because the stakes were so high however he did not rule out coming back for uh, another one um okay fair play then so basically i think this is the old creative differences he's come in and said no what I, this is the way i want to do my thor trilogy well that the stakes are now higher the stakes are now infinity stones the stakes are not frost giants and arguing with your mother so yeah fair play to him that he's took a step back rather than doing what he did but um now it was mentioned at the time that um natalie portman wasn't actually very happy about um being in this film yeah so she turned but she turned down even the chance to be in the later movies as well didn't she like she yeah. she didn't want to appear in endgame uh, or um i can't even remember the other name um she was in no it was just endgame oh ragnarok oh right. no um, age of age of ultron they had to kind of explain yeah, sorry, yes, why. yes 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 age of ultron um but it was because she was offered the opportunity to um work with uh the woman who directed wonder woman at first i'm forgetting the bloody woman's name and i'm very sorry and can you remember the woman who directed wonder woman no patty jenkins uh that's her thank you very much and apparently she was you know they said not the department we're going to bring patty jenkins in on this um so she's like oh great i'll sign up and she signed up and then they dropped her for alan taylor and then went well you can't leave now because you've already signed up so she didn't really want to be in the film. Even the um, second post-credit scene at the end of this film, where Thor returns to Earth and kisses Jane Foster on the balcony in London, that mm. was actually Kevin Chris Hemsworth's girlfriend in a wig. That wasn't that <laughs> department doing that. <laughs> so she didn't even come back to do the post-credits. Um, well, what do you think? Think, think of positivity. What's positive about Dark World? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Malekith. I enjoyed Malekith. I thought he was a good character. Did you? Yeah, I, I thought, thought he was, was awful. I it thought was that, awful. I thought... It was just a waste of Christopher Eccleston. Yeah, but I, th- I thought he was kind of an interesting kind of character. I didn't, I didn't believe, you know, that he was a, an ultra powerful god. But, you know, I thought it would have been more... Uh, he could have been more sinister. He could have been more of a Loki character with, like, comedy. 
if you know what I mean, if that makes yeah. any sense. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he could have been more like that, but he kind of played it more subtle and quiet and timid and, no, I don't know. I liked in this that the romance between Jane and Thor was developed. It wasn't kind of just forgotten about after the first film. It wasn't just tacked on. Him wanting to save her life when she absorbed the ether and taken her back to Asgard, which she knew he shouldn't have done. And the relationship from there, her interactions with Frigga and Odin, Odin's reaction to it, it was kind of almost matter of fact, like, well, she's going to yeah. die. She's going to die, yeah. mate. Sorry about that. Yeah, but I like uh, that's but that's one of the, the the things that I like about Anthony Hopkins because his kind of character he is a bit of a ball bag, and and all yeah. the time even you know even when he's being nice he's always a bit of a ball bag. And this was also one of the first films that I mean, apart from Coulson, where they actually brought him back, but it's where they actually killed off one of the main characters as well, which is Frigga, which is Thor's mum. Up to then, I mean, like, say, Coulson, but they brought him back in the TV series. Up to that point, there hasn't really been a death in the MCU. Now, yeah, yeah it's Thor's mum, but that's pretty, you know, I think that's pretty high up in terms of um, getting rid of people. And I think it was good that they actually stuck to that and committed to that and kept to it. Um, there's just lots of little things that annoy me about this, that I'm one of these people where I, I see something in a film and where it's something that's factual, that's so easy to research and they get it so wrong, just really annoys me about the whole film. Do you know which bit I'm on about? No, go for it. I'm talking about the, um, when he lands back in London and he gets on the tube and goes to, and he asks the directions to Greenwich. Now, what they say to him on the train is, oh, it's just three stops down there and and round the corner. But that's absolute bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's really really pedantic though. Who gives a fuck where Greenwich is? Well, no, because millions of people use the tube each year, right? Millions of people use the tube yeah, each year. But let's but let's be honest. Let's be honest, right? There's probably a, a select number of people who are watching Thor: Dark World who will that will annoy, and you are fucking one of them. But do you know, if I was to be writing a script, and I'll say. Um, is going to land in uh, New York and he's going, to, he's going to get on the subway. I'd look at a fucking subway map. I know, but, that, they, but them kind of things happen in movies all the time. You know, they, they get, it happens constantly. And Ireland is one of the worst sports because whenever people are filming, you know, anything to do with Ireland, like every, every town is down a fucking cobble street in between a field. You know, every city is very close together. Uh, Belfast and Dublin, you could throw a stone from Belfast and hit Dublin. You know, that that is just the way the movies are. It's just, I think it's just fucking pedantic. <laughs> well, see, he, gets on the, he gets on the tube at Greenwich. Are you uh, Googling it? I'm, I'm going to sit and tell you this one. He <laughs> gets, gets on uh, Charing Cross, okay? okay? London Underground map, it's on postcards, it's on tea towels, it's not hard to find. Yeah. And he says, oh, which way is Greenwich? Oh, it's three stops from here. And uh, at Technically Ron on Twitter, has rewrote the script. He said, uh, which way to Greenwich? Well, this is a southbound Bakerloo line, so you need to change at Waterloo, get the eastbound Jubilee up to North Greenwich, but then you need to get the 118 bus for 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> or you can change at Waterloo, get on at the Jubilee line, but get off at Canary Wharf, then they get the DLL south, DLR southbound to Greenwich, and then you just walk around the corner from there. That'd be more realistic. 
Yeah, I know, but like the one thing that we're not saying about this movie is that thank Christ that it's that bit shorter because he didn't have to explain the fucking the tube routes. <laughs> it was like in Trainspotted where it's set in Edinburgh and you're watching the beginning bit and the obviously running down the street in Glasgow. People who live there know this. <laughs> yes, but yeah, but like to the average eye, they won't know. Open your eyes, people. Open your eyes. Yeah, but apart from that, it was it, it, it was just bang average. I haven't gone back and watched it in a long time since I did this. Um, I don't think I'm going to go back and see it again. I'll tell, I'll tell you the, the, the biggest, not even, it's not a compliment at all. Uh, the biggest thing that I can say about Dark World is I watched it less than two weeks ago and I cannot remember how it ended. <laughs> uh, Ragnarok then. Let's get on to Ragnarok. Yes. Yeah, I very much maligned Ragnarok for for such a long time. You uh, did, I really did. Um, but I I will hold my hands up. I will hold my hands up because there's a few movies in life that I watch and I just don't get, and I'm like, I just I, I don't like it. Um, Tropic Thunder was one of them. So first time I watched Tropic Thunder, didn't particularly like it. American Pie for me, first American yep. Pie. Yeah, there you go. First time first I watched. Time. It, First time I watched Tropic Thunder, didn't particularly like it. Second time I watched it, I was like, eh, you know, that's, that's an okay. Third time I watched it, I was like, yeah, do you know what? I fucking get this movie now. I really do. And the first time I watched it, I just know every single time Tropic Thunder is on the TV, I watch Tropic Thunder. You know, yeah. I enjoy it from fucking start to finish. Everything in the movie I like. So and, with- but I'll be, I'll be honest, Ragnarok is probably gone from bottom three Marvel movies, uh, probably the top top five. Oh, easily. Yeah. It, it's, it's amazing how Taika Waititi can do that. Yeah, um, I love the fact that Marvel picked these directors and instead of having them fit a mold that has been developed from one director that has to be used in all the other films... Schneider. Um, they've actually <laughs> let the directors do their thing with that palette. They've yeah. let them produce. And they say, we want Thor to, to go to this planet and we need him to meet the Hulk and we need him to get back to Earth at some point. But other than that, you go for it and you tell the story in your way. And Watiti has just been a revelation with this, I think. Yeah, I, I think it's you can feel his presence on every aspect of this movie. Um, you know, the comedy, which I kind of wanted to overpass, you know, the first time around watching, you know, it does get me giggling. Um, but I think it was when we were doing the first quiz with the, the nerds and mm. they told us the story of, you know, how um, they can't have an individual Incredible Hulk movie. So this is where they entered Incredible Hulk into Thor's universe through um, a lot of the comic ones they want, that they couldn't obviously do in a movie with, with Incredible Hulk. Um, but yeah, everything everything about from start to finish in Ragnarok, uh, it, it, I, I get and I'm, I'm impressed. Every, even, you know, Cape Blanchett. Cape Blanchett is unbelievable in it as well. Like, yeah. And I was a bit, I'll be honest, when I was watching this, Thor had gone from, even as far as Age of Ultron, he was the the well-spoken, you know, strong one of the group, always a bit sort of stoically silent at the back, and he'd have to go find the stone, do the thing by the father, and see you later, my friend. And as soon as this came in, it was like stoner surfer dude, kind of humor, yeah. almost a bit dumb. Um, I, you know, just one line at the beginning, where he's in that cage, and it's like, 
you've been here for five years on your own or something, you know, so he's just gone a little bit doolally and yeah. it, it was a big character change, but it works for him. Yeah, it definitely, definitely works, definitely works. I, I actually, when you watch the first and second Thor and then watch Ragnarok, it just feels like another movie and another character, you know, completely different character. You know, there was no evolution from that comedy side of Chris Hemworth and uh, Thor uh, from Dark World in the Ragnarok, it just literally started from Dot at Ragnarok. And this was again watching this. I watched all these three one one after the other, and you put this side by side with Dark World, and it is just an explosion of color, yeah, and music and humor and characters and costumes and vivid vivid scenes and, and it was just incredible so we've seen it on the big screen and again if i've got one complaint it's about the marvel marketing machine that i didn't want to know hulk was on there yeah i didn't want to i, I could have done with that, that imagine that as a, a crowd popping moment when hulk comes bursting out of that door i know but we planet. can't you can't we've had this conversation you yeah can't, you can't hide those things anymore like so it's best it's better it's better just to let the cat out of the bag rather than have uh, have it spoiled for everybody. You have to, the, as, a, as a company, you know, they have to hedge their bets as well. Look, there's going to be fucking, you know, Hulk fans out there who might not go see Ragnarok if they don't mention Hulk. It was, um, I think it was Matt Ruffalo. They talk about not wanting anything spoiled. I think it was Matt Ruffalo that went to the um, premiere of Ragnarok and um, he was live streaming outside onto Facebook, I think, outside, you know, with all the fans doing autographs. Mm -hmm. Went into the premiere of Ragnarok before it had been released and uh, forgot to turn his live stream off. So he put his phone in his pocket and everybody could on watching on Facebook. Really? Just I, never, yeah. I never knew that. Yeah, yeah, he did, uh, accidentally live streamed himself on oh, Instagram Live, sorry, Instagram Live. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so everyone's there on Instagram, like, listening to a film happening. It's like, fucking hell, look, is there? Um, Dark World obviously ended with Loki having taken over um, Odin's body, as it not body, you know, took his place as king and yeah. disguised himself as Odin. Um, and it left on that cliffhanger as where's Odin? Why is Loki there? Why is Loki still alive? Um, and again, enough time had passed where I think Marvel were kind of just done with easy almost. We're probably like, we've wrote ourselves into a bit of a corner here and we just need to get over it. And then that one scene on Asgard, which out of all three films, this one shows Asgard off the best for me. Yeah. The splendor of the palaces, they're almost sort of Greek um, verandas and, and streets and acting. And, it, you know, it's got that sort of ancient Greek kind of feel to it. And it was just beautiful to look at. But that, that scene with all the, the cameos in from sort of Sam Neill and uh, Luke Hemsworth and everyone, I thought that was hilarious as well. But it makes it, you're right though, it makes it actually feel like uh, an actual city or a town rather than a military garrison. Yeah, which the first couple, you never really got the feel for. It says the people of Asgard. Yeah. You never got the feeling of the people, did you? There were, there were a few crowd scenes and, and people milling around, but all you ever saw was the royal palace and the military. This mm -hmm. kind of made it this living, breathing place, and because of what was going to happen, I think it was very important to understand that there are these are not all superheroes and gods. They are, you know, Asgardians. They're people. Uh -huh. But I th there's so there's so many like things that I can pick out of Ragnarok that that I thoroughly thoroughly enjoy. Like anything to do with Goldblum 
it's just fantastic. You know, any any scene that he's in, he steals. You know, anything you know that happens, he's brilliant. I think again, Loki is partly one of the most interesting people within this movie as well. Um, Valkyrie. Uh, again, you know they're introducing characters who are fantastic, and it, it it isn't it isn't enjoyable from start to finish. The only the only downside I think is for me was Ruffalo <laughs> because because they I think what they did with Thor in turning him into you know that kind of comedic kind of character they've tried to throw Ruffalo that pitch as well and. <sighs> I, I just don't think it works for him, you know, because he, like, any of the future ones, I remember the the fight uh, that he has with, in, um, in the last two uh, Avengers movies. What was the first Avengers movie? What was it called? Avengers, well, uh, in America it was called the Avengers over no. here. It was... No, uh, Endgame. What was the movie? What was the one before Endgame? Infinity War. Infinity War. Sorry, fucking my mind is blank. Um, when he's fighting inside the, you know, the big Iron Man suit, the Hulkbuster suit. Yeah. He's it, trying to be funny in that as well. When it, it it's not it's not a funny movie, and it's kind of like they're just trying to comedy. This is the reason why I didn't like Ragnarok at the start because they were just trying to make everything a Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy was a hit. It was a funny movie. Yeah, we all get it. And then every movie after that then had to become another another Guardians of the Galaxy. They needed to make another Guardians of the Galaxy. Let's make this as funnier than Guardians of the Galaxy. Let's make it as funny as a Guardian. And it was just like, no, no, can we just focus on the stories rather than anything else? And I think that's what annoyed me about Ragnarok at the start. And then I started actually watching it and I enjoyed it for what it was. It was yeah. a fucking Taika Waititi movie. And it was is probably one of the best Marvel movies, you know, in the sequence. I think it's one of the best Marvel films um, from a you know like a solo hero point of view. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, and and you look at even people like Carla Urban. You know, his character at the start annoyed me. By the end, you know, he's got his redemption, jumping out, you know, of and and saving the people and yep, all of Asgard. You know, it, it it is, and even the characters that were in the previous ones, I can't, and I can't obviously remember the name. Though Ray Stevenson is one of them. You know, all Thor's friends. You know, basically, just all just killed. <laughs> so we're just we don't need to take, we don't need to deal with these people anymore. Boom, they're all dead. Bye, see you later. Yeah, and it, they were very popular characters from the comic books. Again, I've I've said time and again, I love the stories of the comic books. I just don't have the <laughs> I don't have the patience to sit and try and read back through seventy years of backstories I, and. I've tried. I I have tried. I I read the World War Hulk things. Like I've read a a lot of it, and I'd like it's. It, 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 it can take up quite a bit of time. Let's just put it like that. Yeah, so I'll read about the characters. I'll read it on the app. We've got Lady Sif that was um, notable absent from this. Um, Volstag, Hogan, and Fandral. Um, and yeah, I think... I, I always comment about wrestling, but you want to build up a bad guy wrestler, monster heel, and you want to show how tough they are, you haven't get rid of and beat some good guys very quickly and squash them. And that's what she did, Hella did with these three, the Warriors three. Okay, these guys are going to put up a fight, squash them straight away. We know how big of a threat she is now. And I think she was probably, for the threat she was, I think she would dispose of pretty quick. Um, But this was, again, it's more about Thor taking that next step. It should never be about the villain. Uh, And it was always about Thor, you know, finding power inside and everything. But you made that, that first scene of her as well, obviously destroying the hammer. 
Mm. You know, that that was that was just the scene setting up with oh, this is a bad fucker. <laughs> this is this is a powerful bitch. See, I love that. I love that scene in Norway where they're on the, the cliff with uh, Odin and Loki mm. and um, and Thor. And Odin, Anthony Hopkins, he says, I, I love you, my sons. And the camera just lingers on Loki that little bit. And that, and you can see that sort of look in his eye of, he just called me his son for the first time. You know, that kind of, yeah, wow. And, uh, Sorry, do you want to talk about something? Do you want to talk about something here? Or are you having some daddy feelings? No, I just, or... I, like, I like moments like that. Love and thunder. I'm worried. I'm not going to lie. I'm worried. Why? Because obviously what I just talked about there, the comedy kind of angle, what I don't want them to do is let's just make this fucking funny from start to finish. Let's just comedy jokes every single five seconds because it works. It works. Get Taika to make jokes, 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 jokes. And I'm worried. I'm, I'm genuinely, I'm genuinely worried. I know I shouldn't because I, I should trust Taika at this point. Everything he brings out, I enjoy. And I should trust him. And I should I should look at it and go, you know what? I'm going to fucking love this movie. I know I'm going to love this movie. But I'm just worried. Are you not worried a wee bit now? I'm worried that they're going to go more with the stuff that worked. And, and that's what they always do with sequels. So, Jeff Goldblum worked. Let's have more of him. The jokes, yeah. the comedy works. The jokes with Korg about your hammer pulling you off and stuff. That kind of that kind of blue humor worked. Let's have more of that. Yeah, but I don't know. It, it's a, it's Christian Bale playing a bad guy going up against Thor. So what, I'm looking forward to it. I think it can, really yeah. But everything everything in it to me screams good. Everything in it to me screams good. That's that sounds so awful. That's why I'm worried. <laughs> I don't want to be let down. Everything in this movie, this could be this could be one of my the best Marvel movies. This could be one of my most favorite Marvel movies. But I'm just that wee bit worried. I'm just that wee bit hesitant going, are they going to give it too much? Like me and you spoke about this many times. Like we've talked about the way that we hate when another movie comes out and it's always a wink. Do you remember we did this? Remember we did this? Now we're going to do it longer, louder and neuter. It's just like, all right, okay. All right, I get it. I get it. We all get the Anchorman fight of the newscasters. We get it. We all get it. It was funny the first time. It was funny the first time. It was and yeah, it was. Sa- yeah, it was. It was funny the first time. First time it was funny. And then what did they do? They made it longer. They made it louder. They got more people involved and they put nudity. And, it, that, you know, I'm worried, Paul. I'm worried. Well, it's got Christian Bale as God, the God Butcher. And when people were saying, uh, oh, my God, I can't believe Russell Crowe is in this as Zeus. Oh, my God, this is going to be amazing. <laughs> Russell Crowe's in a Marvel film. And you're like, Russell Crowe is in this film to play Zeus. And do you know what he's going to do? He's going to get killed by Christian Bale in the first 10 minutes of the film. That's what's going to happen. Or is it, is it not one of those plays, though? Is it not going to be like a, a la Sam Neill, Matt It Damon? could be, because they're all back. They are I, all back. I, I, think, I think that it may be something to do with that. And Melissa McCarthy is playing uh, Hella in one of those acting troops. Listen, she's funny. Not she's, always fun. It's not always funny, but she's funny. She is funny in Mike and Molly. Yeah, but like, let's be honest. Steve Martin is known as one of the best fucking com- comedic actors of all time. Everyone kind of just forgets the 90s and early 2000s, Steve Martin, where nothing landed. Maybe so, this is Melissa McCarthy's bit where she's just not landing anything. So let's put this in order then. These three, the Holy Trinity, Iron Man, Cap, Thor. Mm-hmm. 
trilogy rank them <laughs> one to three? Uh, so Cap's got to be top. Cap's got to be top. The three movies that you claim to be a trilogy of Which Captain America, yeah. yes, I would probably say are top. That's number the number one trilogy, are they? Yeah. Second and third. Now, I I think you know which way I'd go with this. Yeah, I, only only because I loved it so much. Probably Thor would be in there. Ragnarok, yeah. but just because of Ragnarok, probably Thor would be second, and Iron Man third. No, that's not to say that I really, really, really like the first Iron Man movie. Um, I don't have a lot of hatred towards two and three you know i would more just say they're not they're not great um but i would still watch them if they're on tv i would watch them you know if i'm doing a a, a rewatch i don't skip them um on the other hand if there was a rewatch of thor i'd probably skip dark world um but i think the power of ragnarok puts it in the second for me i uh, you know how i feel about the iron man trilogy one's great mm-hmm. two so so three yeah. 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 Um, no, let's let's stop there before I say something that I shouldn't. <laughs> before Robert Downey Jr. stops listening to the podcast. Let's <laughs> uh, Thor. Go Thor. Enjoy. Go Thor. Thor. It's time to feel the rage. Join us on Film Rage, where we talk movies, current releases, coming attractions, streaming, and classic films as well. Directors and actors, beware as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce, and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim. Hey, hey. And Murray. Yo. Why is it you always talk? All the time, I can't understand why. This is the Merman, the voice of reason. These two can't agree on anything most of the time. Some movies are Mondo, some are just... Every week, something is going to make us rage. Join us every Wednesday and feel the rage. Okay, let's finish up. What what do we know for next week? Well, we've already discussed Uh, what we're doing next week. Yes, if if I watch Shang-Chi, we're going to do Shang-Chi. And And if you... It would it's, give me an extra, extra couple of days to do uh, a quiz. <laughs> yeah, so it's either going to be quiz, it's going to be Shang-Chi, it's going to be our special surprise, it could be anything. Um, subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you do listen to us. Uh, subscribe and uh, make sure you get all the new episodes. We have just had the latest episode of, uh, well, the newest episode of Dark Desserts uh, published this week, uh, which is about the death of Natalie Wood. Uh, so if you can give a listen to that, let us know how you think, because we're trying something a bit different. We'd appreciate that. Um, follow us on Twitter, at PodMovieChef, um, where you can find out about all the new episodes and find out actually quite a lot more information than you do from any of our other social media platforms, such as Instagram. How's Instagram going, Com? Hello? What? Yeah. Yeah, Instagram. Sorry, so, yeah, it is a thing. I get yeah. yeah. I mean, did you you knew how sort of keen I was about dark desserts, making sure everybody knew about it because we like I say we're trying something new and something different and you know, really keen for people to understand what it is we're doing. So what better way than to talk to them through uh through Instagram? So let me just have a quick look at all the posts you did for it, yeah. Hello? Uh, What's that? Sorry, Paul, somebody knock on my door here. No, 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 sorry. I'm just looking here, Com. You don't seem to have done any posts about the, uh, the brand new. What was it? Sir? What? Well, these guys at the door, they don't won't stop knocking. I'm sorry. Like, it's just, <laughs> I give you. 
I'll give you one job to do. One job. Post about his stuff on Instagram. I have I have kids, all right? Get them to do it. That's what, like, a fucking, like, like a fucking sweatshop? That's a... <laughs> Paul's sweatshop in Lisburn? <laughs> I told you, give Ernie the login details for our Instagram account. I can't have my 11-year-old son, you know, potentially listening to this. Well, he already listens to this podcast sometimes. And some of the shit that I come out with, I have to, I have to look at my kids in the face, Paul. I have to, I have to look. I have to put them to bed at night. Daddy, why does John Ham have such a big penis? You know, why, do you think I want my children to be saying things like this to me? I have to separate. I have to separate church and state, you know? So... The reason, yes, the reason why I don't post on Instagram is because I don't want my 11-year-old son seeing about John Ham's penis. All right, there we go. There's my excuse. All right, I don't have another one. I don't want you posting pictures of John Ham's penis. He can just tweet pictures of, of the, the podcast. He can tweet whatever he wants or post whatever he wants. But he could I of... post pictures of John Ham's penis? I'd like you to post something. <laughs> <laughs> I promise. I just promise. I promise. Any, anything. I, I promise, I promise I will do it this week. I promise I will be on it. I will be on it like a car bonnet. Cool. We need to do a menu about uh, a director soon because we haven't done a director yet. Who would you like to do? Kubrick? We could do Kubrick. Nah, Kubrick. Nah, I was thinking Spielberg. Yeah, only if we can stick in uh, 1943, 1942, 1941. <laughs> oh, that classic. <laughs> Unforgettable. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, I'd love to stick that film in corn. Whatever you, whenever you decide what it's called. <laughs> it's 1941. I think it's 1941. I'll go, I'll stick at 1941. Hang on. So I'm, I, I'd like to do one on Spielberg, but I think it'd be, uh, maybe we could, uh, I don't know. Can I make Men a confession? Of... Can I make a confession? Yeah. If I was choosing the fish dish, I would put E.T. in there. Okay, so coming up in about three weeks' time, we've got the menu of Spielberg. You could have put Jaws in there, but instead you've put uh, you're going to put E.T. So, all right, fine, I'm up for that. I'll have the uh, I'll have like the starter and the dessert or something. You can pick the main and the fish. You're putting E.T. in the fish dish. Yeah, I I, I fucking hate E.T. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm up for that. Right, okay, so we're going to be doing a menu of Spielberg films. What about Spielberg films that have taken less than a billion or something like that? We go with his, like, lower work. Lower work. is less... You know can you what think I mean? About it? Yeah, but can you think... Like, let's be honest. Steven Spielberg has made some not-so-good movies as well as good movies. Let's be honest. You know, the only reason right. why he's highly regarded is he's made popcorn... He's, he is the summer blockbuster guy. You know, he made popcorn movies, I think. Right, hang on. Jaws. Okay. Yes or no? Jaws. Yes. Close Encounters. Yes. Nineteen forty-one. I enjoyed it. Yes. Raiders. Yes. E.T. No. Temple of Doom. Yes. Color Purple. No. Wow. Fucking racist. Uh, listen, it's not my type of movie. Oh, why is that? Well, everybody liked Sideways as well. I fucking hated Sideways. Fucking white people running around drinking wine. Shut the fuck up. Empire of the Sun? No. 
Last Crusade. This is just the eighties. Last Crusade. Last Crusade. Yes. And then uh, Hook. See Amistad. I ain't seen Amistad in years. I might go for uh, yeah. I might. We might put a spin on it. But basically, we're just gonna have an episode. Did you just? Did you just stop at Amistad just in case I said no? No. (laughs) 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 The Adventures of Warhorse. I've never seen Warhorse. It's shite. <laughs> Don't watch it. <laughs> I fucking subjected myself to two and a half hours of that bullshit one Saturday afternoon. It's fucking shite. You'd put King you'd put E.T. in the fish dish over Kingdom of Crystal Skull. Like I I'm gonna make something very really controversial statement here, right? I didn't mind Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I've got to admit I watched it the other day one. Yeah. I only don't like it because he's Shia LaBeouf. But all these people are turning around me going, aliens, fucking aliens. Uh. The first movie dealt with the Ark of the fucking Covenant. What the fuck are you talking about? The last one was the Holy Grail of the Christ. And it's like, what? What, yeah, are talking, like, what are you talking about? Like, How is that more believable than fucking aliens? Cool. So, quiz. Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi hopefully, quiz. hopefully an interview. Spielberg. Spielberg menu. The interview's, the interview's not with Spielberg. The interview. <laughs> I, I just said Spielberg as a menu. Yeah, yeah imagine, imagine that. How can we keep that one under? How did we get that one? Imagine we sit down. So, uh, Stephen, what's your, uh, your favourite <laughs> colour? <laughs> Have you ever seen John Hans' penis? <laughs> uh, no, no, I haven't. Okay. In fact, yes, I have. Imagine that was the answer. <laughs> it was a 45-minute interview with Steve Spielberg about the size of John Hans' penis. <laughs> Follow-up question. Do you have pictures of John Hans' penis? <laughs> oh, imagine, imagine if the person that we're getting interviewed can introduce us to John Hamm. We could I, just I, release. Imagine, well, you know what? We've not said anything bad about him. It's you know. It's, imagine it's no. Imagine, imagine we could just get an interview with John Hamm, and it's just literally it's the Movie Chef podcast. John, how big is your cock? Not bad. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, he'll never come on now. Paul, he knows that the question's going <laughs> to. <can> prep. <laughs> right. Hope you enjoyed that, everyone. Um, I'm 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 gonna go for a chiropractor. I've got pain in my back. Do you know what? I'm exactly the same. I've pains everywhere, Paul. I think it's old age. Do you know what? It's it's in my spine, and it's whenever I lean forward. Like if I'm sat, how do I politely put this? Having a dump, right? Or any kind of sort of sit. Oh come on, it's a natural thing. Everybody does it. Paul, right? I just, of... I don't need these images. No, no, right. <laughs> All I'm saying is, you know, you sat. Okay, imagine you're in the having a dump position. Even me sat here now, it's kind of, you know, leaning forward. <laughs> Can we not call it the having a dump <laughs> position? Because that, like, that still gives images that I don't want to see in my head. All right. Think think now. I'm, sitting, you have... I'm sitting in a chair eating dinner. Okay. Now think. <laughs> having a shit. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is you lean forward and you're like your elbows are on the ends of your knees. Mm-hmm. You know, in that kind of position. Maybe yeah. you've got a phone in your hand or the newspaper. <laughs> while, you're, while you're having dinner. <laughs> you're sat having dinner, leaning forward, elbows on your knees, doing a crossword, and bottom of my spine, it just feels like somebody's stabbing a fucking screwdriver into it. Jeez. Into my spine. I'm not, I'm not a sawbones, all right? What do, you want, what do you want me to do? 
I need a I need a, a chiropractor. Maybe I need somebody to crack crack my bones or something. I don't know. It's a bit worrying. It's getting quite or maybe bad. maybe you should spend less time on the fucking toilet doing crosswords. Okay. Uh yeah, I I did upset the other night as well. I was supposed to be, supposed to be going <laughs> did to somebody did somebody do your crossword? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was supposed to be going to a you know you know my friend's house. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to be going around to see a friend. Mm-hmm. Fell through. So I'm going to see my friend next week. Okay. Cut my fingernails and everything. <laughs> <laughs> I did look, cut my fingernails and everything. Wash my socks, wash my underwear, clean underwear on everything. I've sat there fucking hell. Got the text through. Can't make it tonight. I'd shave my pubes for nothing. Fucking raging. Paul, are we still doing the podcast? <laughs> yeah, we're still doing <laughs> I feel that this is a conversation we should be having outside of the podcast. Yeah, I kind of just clicked there that we had actually said goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) Bye.